Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man who once had a head injury from walking into a lamppost, but the doctor told him it was a light injury. That's Dale. <laughs> no, I have had a ton of head injuries. You've had a, a ton of head injuries? Yeah, you just walk into shit. When you're tall, it's just bam, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't good. No. I guess it was just a light injury. Just a light injury, especially with a lamppost, yeah. <laughs> good God. Yeah. I was wondering what that scraping was. I guess that was the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. I figured you'd appreciate that. <laughs> Always, man. It's What's funny. going on, dude? Guess what? Same old, same old. Same old, same old. <laughs> What's well, up with you? Oh, not a lot, but uh, before we get going, I want to make a correction from last week on last week's episode. I know. Uh, we did Beverly J. Potter Mints, and at the beginning of that episode, we said that her birthday was on November the 5th, but it's not. It is on December the 5th. The Find a Grave website has her birthday incorrect. Right, so at least it wasn't your fault. No. Kind of. But I did uh, find her <laughs> her grave online and with her little marker, right. yeah, marker there in the ground and it was december the 5th and i'm like okay so, so all you guys send in and tell donnie it's okay because he's been brewing over this for a week well i like to get my facts straight and i like to have things right well and you usually do well, if you don't i catch it usually but yeah you do you know, and you'll you let me know too i'll try <laughs> <laughs> but anyway you know we appreciate that all right but everything, I just, everything is forgiven that's it i just yeah. want to make sure that it was clear and all is right with the world. Yeah. All right. You got any good shout-outs, dude? Anything you want to talk about? No, we got a little. How about this? We're going to say a uh, breaker, breaker, one nine to our good buddy, Burgess Jackie, out there. You got your ears on, buddy. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's CB talk. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, he uh, sent us a message and said, uh, we really enjoyed your uh, podcast and listen while I'm driving the semi. So well, we really appreciate that. I hope you give you a little company on them long hauls. Yep. I'm doing the blow your horn signal with my hand right here. <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah. Here you go. That's right. <laughs> That's close as I can get. We have to appreciate it. Tell all you trucker buddies out there to tune in to us and give us a listen. That's right. Come on back, truckers, and talk to Teddy Bear. Yeah, that's right. No, it's a good cry a minute. <laughs> yeah, Red Savine. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. That is, man. We're yeah. at 45 out. Yeah. That's you got anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it, man. You talk about some stuff. Well, just want to remind everybody, if you go to Apple Podcasts, if that's your favorite platform, click that five-star and rate and review. Well, we would certainly appreciate it. That's right. It helps out tons, man. Tons. And you can give us a five star on Spotify or any other podcast platform if they allow it. That's right. Do that, please. Yep. Just tell all your friends about us, and we would appreciate it a whole bunch. I also like to say we appreciate Debbie Crumb and Chris Wayne and Chris Adams. I mean, uh, Rich Adams and uh, some other folks who are always jumping on board on the Facebook page and welcome people in the end of the group and the family. And we appreciate you guys always. Yeah. You know, we can count on you to throw out a welcome aboard sign we do appreciate it and speaking of welcome aboard welcome aboard welcome aboard we're going cruising we are we got a really interesting case this week dude love boat we do and this is a something different for us we haven't done yet uh we haven't done a cruise ship disappearance we have not uh, this is a pretty interesting case man it, yes it is yep it's got more interesting the more we figured out about it and it's like First, you go, I know there's no way this is going on. You go, well, I don't know. Yep. I but, don't know. Still don't know. <laughs> but today we are talking about Rebecca Corium. Yes. Yeah. Just a little bit of background on Rebecca. She was born on March the 11th, 1987. You sure? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I got that down right. She was born in Countess of Chester Hospital in Chester, England. Hmm. That's in Northern England. Yes. Yeah. And she grew up in Chester there with her parents, Mike and Anna Maria. 
She has a sister, Rachel, and two foster brothers. Wow. That's cool. Very cool. And she went to Chester Catholic High School there. And in her youth, she also worked at the Chester Zoo. Had some other relatives working there. Yeah, I think her grandparents worked there. Yep. They even have a memorial bench on grounds. They do. Yep. So that was a little family tie in there. Yeah, Kevin and Dolores is our grandparents' name. Very cool. Yeah. That's neat. Now, in her youth, Dale, she joined the British Army Cadets, and she attended Plymouth University at Plymouth. I guess this British Army Cadets, it's kind of like the... ROTC, maybe? Yeah, here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they do. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a... It's mil- a pre-Army thing. Yeah, they... Or kind of youth, military kind of gimmick. Teach them some discipline and stuff, and yeah, it's, it's good for them. Right, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I think working at the zoo is super cool. Very cool. Everybody wants to work at a zoo. That'd be cool. Yeah, but she um, attended the Plymouth University at Plymouth, where she studied sports science. Right. And later, she got a staff volunteer position with the cadets and participated in some outdoor events. So that's very cool, too. So sports science, is that like a PE teacher here or something like that? I would say so. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And she took some additional studies and youth studies at Liverpool Hope University and then spent four months teaching sports at Camp America here in the United States. So she liked working with the youth. Yeah. A lot. She was up in Maine. Yeah. And she'd often uh, talk to her mom on the phone and tell her about the bears she's seen up there and stuff. Crazy. Yeah. Speaking of, there's one right down the road, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a bear spotted just about three miles from here. Crazy. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) Sidetrack Bob over here. That's all right. (laughs) Now, in June of 2010, Dale, she went to London, England, to interview for Disney Cruise position. Hmm. And she was hired. Oh, yeah. And she went to the company's theme parks in Florida for some training. Well, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yes. Sorry, we're going to have to send you to Disney World for some training. Yeah. Oh, man. And after four months on some cruises to the Bahamas, where Disney's cruises are registered, mm-hmm. she went back to Britain for two months off. Right. Yeah. And when she returned to work, it was on board... The Disney Wonder. Yes, sir. Which was based in the port of Los Angeles. Right. And from there, she visited all its ports of call on the Mexican Riviera and even went through the Panama Canal at one point. That'd be neat. Yeah. And she spent uh, some time on there, and then she returned to England. She had to go back during yeah. a period of time because her grandfather died. Right. So they give her a two-week leave. Yeah, which yeah. is... Pretty awesome. Right. Yeah, I don't know if any other place would give you a big leave like that for, Heck no. for a relative that passed away. Right. But this was the last time, Dale, that her family would ever see her in person. Yeah, sadly. But they communicated a lot through Skype and Facebook Messenger, I think. And Yes. Yeah, which is very cool, too. Yeah, she tried to talk to her parents every day, or at least that way, you know, one way or the other, at least some kind of contact and call when she could. Yep. Now, Dale, Rebecca... Returned to the wonder and her duties as a youth worker, maintaining contact, like we said, with her family through Facebook and Skype. Right. So I'll tell you what, all that, all her uh, studies and stuff, working with the youth and that kind of stuff, kind of fit her perfect for this job, right? It did, because she was, everything she did in her past and her youth, she was made for this job on Disney. Right. You know, being an athletic person and love working with the youth and stuff, and so she's really energetic and that going, so it's perfect. Yeah, it was, this, this job was made for her. Yeah. Yeah. And But six weeks later, this was on March 21st of 2011, the day the ship left Los Angeles, she sent what would be her last message to her parents. Mm. This was through Facebook. 
saying she would call them the next day. Right. But her mother, she got concerned the following day when there was no response from Rebecca. Yeah. She got called her back. <clears throat> yeah, about 12 hours had went by, and she's starting to get worried. Yeah, very worried. Now, at about 9 a.m., this is Pacific time, that morning on the Wonder off the coast of Mexico, it was bound for Puerto Vallarta and Cabo San Lucas. Learned how to say that from Love Boat, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Because <laughs> they docked, him, docked there all the time. Yeah, sorry, we're big Love Boat nerds. We are. <laughs> now, Rebecca had missed the start of her shift that morning, Dale. Yep. But she, she was her 9 a.m. call. She right? did. She was not in a room or anywhere else on the ship. Hmm. And she did not respond to pages that were sent over the ship's public address system. And also, this day is a what they call a sea day, where they was they didn't port anywhere, so they've been in open sea the whole time here, all day on the water. Right. So it's not like she got left somewhere. Yeah. Now, Dale, there was a review of the closed circuit TV footage, his right. CCTV, and it found one appearance of her. Right. And it was time stamped at five forty-five a.m. Okay, five forty-five. Yes. And an early unverified account purportedly of another crew member claimed that she had gone overboard at about 3 a.m., hmm. nearly three hours earlier. So I got a problem with this right here from the get-go. Right. So, yeah, somebody's already lying. Yeah. So you saying somebody went overboard at 3 a.m., and you ain't reporting this till you, somebody don't show up missing at 9 o'clock for their shift? Yeah. Nah, it's not good. No, it ain't good. I mean, you know, if somebody goes over, you better get on it. Yeah, right you better end. be saying something right now. Right. Now, in this video, Rebecca is talking on one of the ship's internal phones in the crew area. Right. Now, get this. The video is just a black and white. Well, I don't know if it's black and white or not. It's, it's very, just, it's very this, grainy. Yeah, this video is just a real grainy video, but there's no audio on it. No audio so, at all. Yeah. And she appears pretty distraught. Right. And there, in the video, there's a young man that walks up to her and appears to ask her if everything's okay because they've reviewed this and they had uh, people who can read lips look at it to try to figure out what they're saying and it seems that the boy asked her if she's okay right. and her mouth can be clearly read as saying yeah fine yeah fine and it's just shortly after that interaction with that young guy she hangs up the phone right and then she walks away pushing her hair back and putting her hands in her back pockets. Yeah, and that's something that her parents said, you know, it's pretty common for her, I guess, if she is kind of distraught or whatever. Yeah. Or kind of, you know, something bugging her. Yeah. Yep, that was the last time right there that anything was ever seen. Yeah, no record of her presence anywhere since then. As far as we know. All right, now the crew searched the ship for her, Dale. Yep. And ships off the U.S., Coast Guard and Mexican Navy searched the international waters. Right. And they said, you know, they had called them as soon as they found out and let them know about where they were going, their their coordinates and their... Uh, Just go through their path. Their location, yeah, so they kind of could look behind them and see if they had found anything because they weren't mm -hmm. sure if somebody's gone overboard or not, but definitely is, could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. But they didn't find nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. But now since uh, Disney Wonder Ship is registered in the Bahamas... Now I'm assuming that's for a big tax, tax dodge. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, why else would it be there? They don't have to pay taxes. Right. Yeah. And uh, just a little side note on this, you know, the ships, uh, the, ship, the cruise lines after when COVID hit, they were wanting the... They wanted a little bailout. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they were wanting a bailout and not had any paid any taxes in, so... Yeah, it's like, eh, I don't know if we need to help you out or not. Yeah. Not quite like the airlines. Yeah, exactly. Right. But anyway, getting back to our story. Uh-huh. 
There was a detective from the Royal Bahamas Police Force. One. Yeah, one detective. <laughs> yeah. He flew to the ship to investigate it once the ship had returned to the port of Los Angeles. And this was three days after the disappearance. Right. He got on board and he was looking around. Now, just a little bit of facts on this, the Disney Wonder Day. Yeah, remember, this is one guy. So go ahead and tell us. Yeah, one guy. <laughs> he was on the Disney Wonder. Okay. Now, this boat. If it was at full capacity. Yeah. Yeah. It would be 2,713 passengers. Passengers. Yeah, yeah, passengers. Right. Yeah. Now, the crew was what? 949. Yeah. Yeah. Crew members. Yes. Now, the length of this boat, of this ship, is 984 feet. That's big. That's a big boat. That's a big boat. Yeah. Now, compared to some of the giant ones today, maybe not so big, but it's still big. This is like the fourth largest in the Disney fleet. Right. It's not, a, according to their other ships, it's not as big. Yeah, right. Um, the Disney Wish is a lot bigger. Oh, yeah, it's huge. But this Disney Wonder has 11 passenger decks. Mm-hmm. And 875 staterooms. Right. So that's pretty. But it, it was uh, the main voyage of this boat was uh, August 15th of 1999. So that's how that's the age of the boat. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's just saying now how far they've come since that. So, you know, now the new ones are just incredibly big, incredibly yeah. big. But this this boat has amenities for every type of person. Right. We weren't trying to get sidetracked. We just want you to know the scale of this thing when they send one detective to, to, to look, look at this, this size of boat, yeah. woman and talk to people, almost you know three thousand people plus another thousand of uh, of uh, crew members. Yeah, well, like it has uh, eight main public areas, family areas. It has like ten main family areas, uh, seven youth areas, several adult areas with salons, spas, and bars. Right, and this is just the passenger stuff. Now, yeah, also, just passenger. Yeah, there's also pools and stuff for just the crew too. So it's you know there's a lot going on here. Yeah, the crew had their own private area. Right. So yes, big big boat, dude. Especially for one guy to uh, to go do an investigation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he flew to the ship to investigate it once it returned to Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Once they they didn't go right away. They didn't fly him out there on a helicopter. <laughs> didn't do anything out there. They waited. They got back. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Now it was uh, reported that he was to a taken several days on board to investigate what had happened to rebecca dale right, right. yeah and this yeah. was uh three days after her disappearance yeah yeah okay now in the meantime mike and anna maria corium this is rebecca's parents they were flown out from england to meet the ship when it returned yeah disney flew them out they did and they met with the bahamian detective and he told them he had spent only one day on board investigating before he flew back home. Right. Yeah, they said that an uh, interview with his dad, or with her dad, said, you know, they are talking to him, he goes, so you're going back on board tomorrow, and what are you going to do? He goes, oh, no, I'm going back. He said, what do you mean going back? No, I'm going back to the Bahamas. So they had they had told him that he, he had was going to spend several days investigating, but he only got one day. One day. And how many people did he talk to? Six. Six. So he interviewed. Six crew members. Six crew members, yeah. So he reported, he interviewed Isaac, Doc, Gopher, and who did he talk to? Yeah, Captain Steuben and Julie. Yeah. <laughs> no no passengers were interviewed. He wasn't allowed, I don't think. I don't think he was either. It did, it's never said that per, per se, but I don't think so. Yeah, they don't. Disney does not want their their magic disrupted. Right. And I, and I get that yeah. to a certain extent, you know. Yeah. 
you know, and I mean, they said, and I saw a thing where some of the passengers that were on there said that they, they did hear the PA where they were trying to find somebody and they had heard that somebody was missing, but that's about all they knew. And they said, you know, people weren't really frantic running around crazy, like something really bad was going on. But I think a lot of that's due to overhead too, saying, yeah, keep it kind of cool. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, they want people to come there and have a great time and spend a ton of money and have a, such a good time that they want to come back and spend another ton of money. That's so right. you don't really want to hear that you know, something like this has happened on your cruise. That's right. Even though, um, I know this is kind of out of context too, but I've looked, and since in the last 20 years, over 400 people have went missing on cruise ships. Wow. And I know that's, when you look, there's probably been, you know, millions and millions of people went on cruises, but when you're thinking that'd be a relatively small number, 400 is a lot to me. It is a lot. You don't really ever hear about it. Mm-mm. You don't hear nothing about it. Right. Now, Rebecca's parents... They claim Disney kept them in a car with blacked out windows right, and brought them on board via a little used side entrance after all the passengers had disembarked. Right. They wanted to talk to the passengers, but they, that was not happening. They weren't allowed. Right. They kept them in that car. Now, the Wonders captain, he gave his condolences and expressed his theory that Rebecca had been washed overboard by a wave at the pool, the crew pool. The crew pool. The crew pool. Which Say that is, three times real fast. Which is on what deck? Five. Deck five, yes. Yeah, so this has got to be a hell of a wave. Yeah, and this is at the bow of the ship. Right. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Because I ain't buying that shit at all. Mm-mm. After the meeting with the Captain Dale, they were taken to a meeting with Disney executives, and the woman Rebecca was seen talking to on the in internal the, phone there in the, right, crew, yeah. the crew area. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say when they got in there, well, they were when they were flown over, they were told they were going to get the Disney treatment and come over. So they were pretty ecstatic about that. You know, they were going to be really treated good. They didn't know it was going to be the hush hush Disney treatment. We don't want nobody to know nothing. They put them in the blacked out car and took them in the side door. Didn't let them talk to anybody. And then when they went to this meeting, you know, they had just flew in from England and all the way to California. So that's a hell of a flight. They didn't have any sleep probably. No, not not since the phone call when they got you know. And if they called them that morning over there, it's see it's five hours ahead from here so it'd be eight hours ahead from california I guess. yeah so they've probably been up since then because you know you're all the hell you know if you hear your kids missing and then uh they fly them over there and they went into this meeting with disney executives uh with severe jet lag and worn out and said they were just kind of taking it all in because they knew that they would get another meeting with them to ask all the questions that they had but once this meeting was over that was it yeah, they never got the chance to talk to anybody else, and not not any passengers. And so that one meeting was all they got. That was it. We don't want to talk to them more. No more about it. Because Disney was getting this ship ready to leave again. Yeah, it was going again. It wasn't hanging they, around. For they, ain't, they ain't hanging around. Yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah, I wanted to get that in there before we go any farther. Yeah, but this woman that Rebecca was talking to on the phone there in the crew area there, her name was Tracy Medley. Yes. And she had been a, a girlfriend of Rebecca's. Yeah, I love interest. Yes. Yes. And they met while working on the ship. They both worked with the youth there on the boat. So they hit it off pretty good. Yeah. This Tracy Medley, they, you know, they've been reported that her and Rebecca, they had a, a little love affair on the boat. Mm-hmm. But Tracy was telling her parents that once they had docked, her, she had a love, another love interest that came on the boat. And this was a guy. Yes. And his name was Devin Hyde. Right. And she had told her parent, Rebecca's parents, that she was pretty distraught over him coming back on the boat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she. So I wonder if she knew about him at all, or if she ever said anything. You know, because he had been gone for what six weeks or something. Six weeks, yeah. Now this guy supposedly was married and had kids. Yeah. But you know, so he would, and I think their uh, their contract or whatever was like for seven months. So I guess he had to leave for however long for six Probably. week league, and then come back, and then uh, have to do another seven week tenure. I mean, a seven month tenure here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was a an on board romance with Tracy. Right. Yeah. And this, all this here would come out later, but it needs to be put in there now. Yeah, it does. And it had also been reported that night before she went missing that Rebecca had agreed to go into a threesome yeah. with Tracy and Devin. And for Tracy saying it was actually Rebecca's idea. That's what she was saying. That's what she says, yeah. yeah. I mean, it can't be disputed because there's only one of them. And Tracy was also telling her parents that Rebecca was kind of upset that her parents were thinking that what they thought about her being lesbian yeah she, she didn't think they would like it no Mm-mm. but the the image that rebecca's parents had on her was different than what tracy had yeah, yeah. so she was i don't know it'd been reported by the the crew members that this love affair between tracy and rebecca it would be either great or it would be bad mm-hmm. one of them huh? yeah if, if it was some drama it would be bad right so I don't know, dude. Yeah. But this is what uh, Tracy was telling her parents. Yeah, this is all coming from Tracy, so. Yeah. And it, Tracy had also reported that Rebecca had stated that she would just might as well throw herself overboard at one at one point. Yeah. And then said she was a loser because she couldn't do it. Yeah. So. Mm. Beating herself up. Right. And she had also claimed that she would hit herself in the head and hit her head on the wall of the ship and just do lots of things like that to injure mm-hmm. herself. Yeah, she's just distraught. And just really just bringing her down, said she was trouble, took drugs, and just a lot of things. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, all this didn't come out till years later. I don't know. Uh, what did you say? 2017 is when yeah. this. It's basically that Tracy comes out and says, look, I don't have nothing to hide, and I just want to tell my side of the story. Yeah. Because she had been quiet all this time, you know, since she had disappeared. Mm, that's right. And I think actually now, I think this Tracy lady is actually married and has some kids of her own now. Mm-hmm, living in Boston. Right. But she wanted to clear her name, and she said she remained silent to protect her friend, Rebecca. Yeah. That's what she was saying. So I don't know how that's protecting her, but mm. I guess she just didn't want anybody to know what was going on. With. But Tracy claimed that Rebecca had been suicidal before. That's what she said. Yep. That's what she was saying. Yeah. And said she was a failure because she couldn't get the guts to jump off the ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she had even reported that Rebecca had used cocaine at one point. Right. Yeah. I don't know why she had to throw that in there. I, guess. I know. Especially just... she's trying to protect her. Well, I mean, why? <laughs> she's been gone for all this time. I think she's just trying to make herself look better here mm-hmm. with that statement. And even said when she's like, you know, it was, uh, they went back to uh, Devin's room and had some drinks. And that's when uh, she said that she said uh, Rebecca actually initiated it. And then she was feeling like, yeah, that's my girl right there. That's my carefree girl. Mm-hmm. But I think after whatever happened there, that's when all the emotions come out, you know, and everything went crazy from there. And I think even they said in the video that she looked like she was wearing baggy clothes and stuff. And from Tracy's point of view here, said that after everything was over and they're in the room, she wanted to go out for a walk. So she just grabbed some of she just put on some of Devin's clothes and walked out. And she said that uh, you're coming back. Right. So just leave the door open. And she went out. And then I think that's when she went and called. What I find odd is, you know, her mannerism when she walked off after she hung up the phone, 
she stuck her hands in her back pockets. If those weren't her clothes, how'd she know the back pockets were back there? That's her. You know, how would she know? And, you know, if my clothes, I know what pockets I have on my clothes. You know, if you got on a stranger's clothes. Yeah, and I have not seen the video because I couldn't find it. I don't think I don't think videos out there. And uh, there's just some still images from it. Right. So I'm not so sure about the big bag of clothes anyway. I was just whatever yeah. from research. But yeah, I, I agree with you. And also on board the ship, there was a flip flop found out there on deck five. Yeah, by the pool. Yeah, it was a single flip flop, and they claimed that it was Rebecca's. Right. The but, Disney did. Yeah. Yeah. But also they're saying that on. Uh, deck five where the pool was there's a steel a steel wall around the pool deck that is six feet tall yes so i i ain't buying this damn rogue wave snatcher off damn the deck up there yeah they claimed that if a rogue wave had come along and was able to snatch her off that boat deck it'd have to be over 100 foot high 100 foot high rogue wave yeah the to take her off at and i'm not i mean there is reports of waves being that big yeah but you would think if a rogue wave that big smashed into the ship enough to snag somebody off uh off the fifth deck that they would have felt it and it would be a lot of water everywhere you I, know there's I would a, think. you know a ship that sophisticated would have sensors on that thing right you know any kind of movement yeah so anyway this tracy girl finishes up her her little statement saying basically my gut feeling is that after she called her or was on the little video and went out that she jumped yeah there is no other uh as far as we know no other video that they've released at all that uh, where they have seen her which is kind of weird to me yeah so now in october of 2011 there was a journalist his name was john ronson and he took a trip on... I want to say Ron Johnson every time yeah, I Yeah, I know. <laughs> but his, his name was John Ronson. Right. But he took a trip on the Wonder, and it was along the same route, and he made some discreet inquiries while aboard. Yeah, he had tried several times to, uh, you know, try to find out some stuff and see what's going on and to get information, and all he could ever get was, a, you know, is an ongoing investigation. So he decided to just book a cruise on the same thing with the same route and, and see if he could see what's going on. That's right. Now, with Rebecca's parents' permission, he wrote about it in The Guardian. Right. And several crew members, none of whom wanted their names used, Dale, who had been on the ship at the time of Rebecca's disappearance, they talked to him. Yeah. And they suggested that more was known about her fate than Disney or the Bahamian police had publicly admitted. I think so, too. Yeah. But, you know, I don't. he didn't just go straight on and start asking questions. I'm a reporter for so-and-so. He'd go in and... You know, and he's there for a while and kind of buddy up to come up, you know, and then go, hey, you know, what about what about this or so-and-so, you know. It's kind of brought up that way, I think. Not really a straight in, like, I'm doing a report, blah, blah, blah. And some of them were just very direct answers. Yeah. There was a bartender told him, he said, it didn't happen. Right. He was quoted as saying, you know, that's the answer I have to give. Yeah. Hmm. And he toured the areas of the ship to op- open pastures, and he decided that Rebecca had probably slipped and fallen while jogging on deck four. There's a jogging track there. Yeah, it goes all the way around the thing. And the railings it's there. It's a third of a mile long. Yeah, they were, the railings were low enough for an accident to happen. I don't know, man. But, I mean, you know, go ahead. I don't know, but being distraught on the phone and then go, hey, I'm going to go for a jog. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. And she wasn't dressed for it. Right. You no, know, she had that baggy clothes on. Yeah, she wasn't like she was going to work out. 
That's right. And it was also almost six o'clock in the morning. And she had to be at work at six. Yeah. I mean, at nine. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he did share his theory with a deck worker who told him he had he was mistaken. Well, and also the track and everything. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah. There's tons of security cameras in that. You know, CCTV cameras everywhere on this boat. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yeah. There's so there's so many they they wouldn't tell him where any are when he asked that and asked about other camera stuff. They wouldn't tell him and said it was for security reasons that they wouldn't disclose where they are. And a lot of them are hidden. You have to really, really look to see them. Yeah, they're, they're hidden with the the decor of the boat. Right. There's tons in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so they record everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything in the public areas. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's a good thing, really. It is. It's a safety thing, and I get it. Right. Makes sense. But, mm-hmm. but that also means you should have a ton of footage. Yeah. You should. Now, I don't know if these things are uh, like, you know, viewing the dark cameras. You know, I don't know how much great footage. And they might have some camera footage that ain't worth nothing. You know, it's just awful because of the being in the dark or whatever. But I don't know. Yeah. But the, these these areas should be well lit. Yeah. Or somewhat anyway at six, 6 o'clock in the morning. And when he took a look at the crew pool, this was visible from the four of Deck 10. He doubted these claims. Around the railings of the pool, you know, like we talked about, it was a yeah. steel high wall. Enough to completely block any view. Yeah. And another crew member told him about, you know, it being a popular place to go when not working, you know, and you know, they weren't in their cabins. It was just a getaway place. It right. Was cause just that, for them. Because they don't have nowhere else they can go, really, because they can't. They're, it, most workers are not are forbidden to go into the public areas. Yeah, unless you're working. Yeah. If, you're, if your job don't call you to be there, you don't go there. That's right. And they even have, like, separate corridors. You know, the corridor where you're walking down where your cabin may be, there may be another one right parallel to it on the other side that's going the same way, but they're behind the wall, so you can't see them. So, yeah. You know, there's tunnels and stuff all over those boats. So this is the only place that they could kind of go and get away when they're off duty or whatever to get away. They have their own uh, little mess hall and they have their own pool and their own bar and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all the crew members who spoke to John Ronson, they told him that Rebecca had gone overboard from the crew pool. And Disney knows exactly what happened. But near the end of the voyage, another crew member who sought him out explained in further detail that even though the walls around the pool were high, the seas were rough at the time, and she could have been tossed off the ship, especially if the deck and walls were slippery. And he said a friend of his had to get someone inside in similar conditions, and the offense of being outside of the pool deck in such conditions like this was serious enough that Disney sent the person home from the cruise. Right. Well, you know, and it's being right on the front of the boat. I guess I could see that's going to be the, that's the one's going to get the most beating if it's if the seas are rough. That's right. I mean, that's the one that's going to get all the action right up there. But it's still hard for me to believe. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I never, I never been on a cruise, so I don't really know a lot of what I'm, what I know and what I don't know. But I just, it's just hard for me to believe that something could bounce you six feet over, over a steel wall and into the water. Yeah. Now also. Um, Someone was said later to have called him later and told him that as far as they knew that Disney recorded every phone call that was made on that inner, inner, whatever you call it. Yeah. From the crew phone. Internal phone. Yeah. The the internal phone system. So anybody who called anybody, everything was recorded. Now, 
we did hear a thing from another uh, someone who worked on a cruise ship before, and they said they weren't too sure about that. They probably had call logs like this. This call was made to this person, this person. But as far as every conversation, they they weren't so sure that that was true. Yeah, but I don't think this person worked for Disney. No, though. definitely did not. No. So I don't know. It could be, could be not. But that, like they said, that would take up a a hell of a lot of memory to record everything. Yeah, it would on top of all the video that they're keeping. Mm-hmm. So. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what was reported that, you know, that it was. And if that was true, you know, they would have, I don't know, they, they just have everything. True. I don't know. Anyway. I get it. <laughs> Let's get into some. Let's get into some theories, dude. <laughs> yeah, because there's a bunch. Yeah. Now, since Rebecca was not found on the ship, despite a thorough search, investigators concluded that she went overboard and possibly as a result of this rogue wave. Now, Rebecca's parents and their lawyers say that they never received a copy of the final report as they were promised by the Bahamian police. That's true. And they also wanted a copy of that video, which they were not given. They weren't? No. No. Oh, and another thing about this video, Dale, when they got to watch this video and their detective looked at it and their lawyer looked at it, they had noticed that this, the timestamp was cropped out of it. The timestamp and the location stamp. Yes, yeah, because they were told they were told that this uh, took place on the the fifth deck. Yeah, but when in, when in truth it was really on the first deck, deck one. Yeah, that's right. And why would you do that? That's shady, man. It is. Yeah. So when he went back and looked over, it's like, wait a minute, there's something going on here. There's some shady stuff. So everything looks bad on Disney. I don't know. I mean, and they might not have nothing. Everything that's recorded might be trash. They might have tons of video, but nothing any good. Maybe that's why now. I did hear that they have released an extra another piece of video, but we have not heard or seen anything to confirm that. Now there was a crew member that told John Ronson that the call was taped, and several others believed it was a with the romantic partner, this, right. this Tracy, mm-hmm. that she was in a relationship with, and there were problems like yeah. we talked about. Yep, and it was upsetting uh, Rebecca pretty bad. Yeah, it was a very very intense relationship. Yeah, and it was great, and then it was awful. Yep. So they can't think of any other reason why Rebecca would have been upset, you know, around six that morning. Right. So they've been up all night and then comes in, makes his phone call and then disappears. Yeah. But everybody recalled remembering Rebecca as being, you know, constantly cheerful, upbeat. And it was just these good traits that got her the job on Disney Wonder in the first place, Dale. That's true. And when her parents, they visited her room there, they found some passes that Rebecca was able to get for them and her sister to visit Disney Paris. Right. And a, a gift trip that she apparently was planning. And this this was a surprise for them. Yeah, she was going to take it on her next break when she went home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that and her continuing, you know, Facebook talk with her mom and stuff, they just, they just don't believe she was ready to commit suicide. No. But you never know what people's thinking, and especially when you're not with them, the – the side that they show you at home talking to your mom is maybe not the same face as she's got when she's, you know, alone in her cabin or whatever. This is true. When stuff's going on, you get a lot of, especially to me, this sounds like a, you know, a lot of a time where you get in your own head and that's not good sometimes. Yeah. Especially if you're on a boat. Right. And that's all. That's, you can't get away. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You're there seven days a week every, for seven months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all you see. Yeah. You can't get away, you know. And like we said before, the other lady that worked for the cruise line, she said, you know, sometimes you just want to go somewhere, you know, and stand up, you know, like and get your face in the in the, in the sea air and just 
kind of try to clear your head. So Feel the wind. Right. So, you know, that would be a reason for somebody maybe to climb up on the fence and just, you know, just do the Titanic thing, you know, King of the World or whatever it was. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It's crazy. So, I don't know. I just keep trying to talk myself into a way that this could happen. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't buy that rogue wave thing too much. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't either. I, because there's, it would, there would be evidence of it, I think. Yeah, but they said the, the like we said, the, the rough seas were going on that night. Yeah. But I don't know. Her being distraught and this Tracy, her lover coming back on the boat. Right. I think, man, I think she had some feelings going on. Yeah, I think, yeah, she got all her feelings. She was up drinking. That didn't help. No, it probably didn't. And then that stuff happened, and then she went in there with them and had the three-way, and then I think that she really got in her feelings in. and Maybe had some regret going on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now this uh, detective, he also found through her clothing that her parents got from her room, there was a pair of shorts that were ripped and torn. Right. And some have speculated this could be from a sexual assault. Yeah, possible sexual assault. Yeah. You know, I guess that's possible. It's very possible. But they were in her room, right? Mm-hmm. They were in her room with all of her stuff. Right. But that don't mean it was left there because they said anything they find, like when they found the flip-flops or whatever that they thought were hers, or that they, they said were hers, they took him and put them in her room, too. Mm-hmm. Even though it was reported later that they definitely were not hers. Weren't right. her style, weren't her size. And they were, they were like pink and flowery or something, Hawaiian-looking, and she just, that wasn't her. That wasn't her style. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people who think maybe it was a, a murder. You yeah, know, like you said, like sexual assault happened, something happened, thought he was going to tell, you know, and took him out. But eh, I don't know about that either. And what d- would they do? Dump her in a garbage chute and yeah, or throw her overboard? Or, yeah, because all the trash on the ships are compacted. Right. So I mean, yeah, I guess that's sort of feasible. If it was a, it had to be a crew member because you can't get to that if you're not. No, you have to be have a special pass to get just to get to the trash. Yeah, I'm sure. Dump the got, trash, you know, like scan badges or whatever. But now the trash on uh, cruise ships, trash cans and stuff are like three times larger than what you'd normally see. Yeah. There's a lot of trash, man. I mean, I get that. And you know, so I'm sure the, the buggies are big enough to hide somebody in. Yeah. But still, it had to be done. And trying to do something like that without being seen would be pretty tricky by anybody. You know, I mean, a thousand people working on a boat, not necessarily, you know, not even worried about the passengers, but you still got a thousand crew members. That's true. You know, and then somebody grabbing her and throwing her off the boat without being seen. I mean, something like that, you would think they would it would be caught on the cameras. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I would think that there's probably less cameras in the crew areas than than the main the main parts. Yeah. But I don't know. All right, Dale, there was a, an investigator that actually worked for special operations at Scotland Yard. His name was Roy Ram. Yes. And he spent 27 years with the Metropolitan Police. And he joined the team trying to figure out what happened to Rebecca. Yeah, I think they hired him to see if he could find out anything. Yeah. Because they wasn't getting anywhere, and they, would, they wouldn't tell him anything. Mm-mm. But after nine months, the investigating the Bahamas Police Department, they declared that Rebecca's disappearance was non-suspicious. That's what they said. So I don't know, man. I don't know what happened to this girl. I don't either. It's kind of one of those baffling cases that, I mean... You hate to think she jumped off the boat, but it sure looks like it. But Disney, they insist that she was swept overboard. That's what they're claiming. Well, you know, and if you're in their shoes, that, that sounds a whole lot better than our one of our youth directors killed herself. Yeah. You know, they got to protect the brand. First and foremost, I would say that's what, that's yeah, what It's like you said, for. you know, they 
they get ready to leave the next day on a, on a cruise, yeah. and they don't want passengers thinking about that. Right. They just they want to keep the magic going. And well, I've seen a documentary once about uh, the cruise ships and then how they is the whole show was about them coming into port and then how they take everything off, get everything cleaned, and then have to restock it with everything. It was it's pretty uh, impressive. Yeah. How much? Because uh, you you don't ever really think about how much food and alcohol and this, and then they got to do all the clothes cleaning and all that stuff and taking all the trash off and then restocking everything and all the, it's just, it's just crazy. How much stuff, because you, could you imagine if you're feeding 3,000 people for seven days, you got a lot of stuff. I know. A lot of stuff. So I'm sure they was busy and they didn't really want to deal with this. And it's basically, well, this is our stance. She, she got swept off and, uh, Sorry. But her body was never found, and suicide has been suggested as a theory. And her mm-hmm. parents, Mike and Ann Corium, say they do not believe she killed herself. Nope. And yeah, so, they tried emailing, tried you know, figure out what's going on. They just can't get nothing from them. nothing. But the Disney did settle with the Coriums, Dale. Yeah, they. Uh, but it was for an undisclosed amount of money, and some of these stipulations were that uh, they're done. Yeah, they can't talk no more about it. Right. They can't bring it up. They they can't. They're done. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and the parents can't no more. I mean, you can't. You're not supposed to be talking about it anymore. No. Basically, a, I hate to say a payoff, but basically a payoff. Yeah. Hush money. Shut up. Yeah. Sorry, but here you go. Yep. Sorry, what happened to your daughter? But there, there. Here's some money. And, you, and it's kind of crazy. You think about how much, how often this happens. I wonder how often it does happen. Right. Because they're not going to tell you. Mm-mm. They don't want you. I mean, that's just that's bad for the. It's bad for business, to say. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Now you know we said earlier that um, the Bohemian uh, police came in and did it because you know they called uh, the Coast Guard and then they called the Mexican uh, Navy because it's in international waters. So FBI was not even they couldn't even get in. But after this happened, they did sign into law where now FBI can come in and investigate if. It was a disappearance or death of an American citizen. Yeah, but she was a Brit. Right, so it wouldn't help her at all. Anyway. No. But that is some progress anyway. Yeah, I think so, and I think they need to do the same thing. If, if something happens to someone in the U.K., then... Or they, any country. Yeah, or wherever you're from, they should be able to come in and look. I mean, come on, man. They sent one person. One. From the place where they have their uh, their boat... Registered. Sun, registered yeah. at... From, from the Bahamas all the way to fly them. What yeah. was it? 1,500 miles, I think it was. Yeah, they we, Disney swept this under the rug real quick. Yeah. And that's it. And I ain't saying that every cruise company out there don't do the same thing. So, I mean, we're not really bashing Disney as far as just be bashing them to be bashing them. I mean, maybe they all do this. I mean, if there's been over 400 people disappeared, they wasn't all from them. It's true. You know, as far as I know, this is was the first, maybe the first or only one that we know of that was went missing off of a Disney ship. I could be wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's what I, I read. But that is the disappearance of Rebecca Corium. It's a sad story with us. With it's just it's heartbreaking, and there's no no answers and none to be found, and probably never will be on this. Never will be unless somebody hacks in and finds something that that they're not releasing. Unless uh, somebody listened to this podcast that was working on the ship that night, that was working with Rebecca, right, and happens to know something and want to come forward anonymously and tell something. Yeah, call us up. Yeah, would love to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So if anybody, any passengers were on that ship, that's listen to us. Yeah, that'd be cool. During that time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Call us. 
We'll talk to you. But that is a sad story of, of Bex. Yep. That's what she went by, Bex. Yep. Rebecca Corium. All right, Dale. We're going to get out of here, man. All right, man. Let's go. We want everyone to be safe. Please be careful and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. Chronicles.